Hello and welcome to the Wildflower Heart Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Fisher. I am a singer-songwriter and this is the podcast where we talk to interesting people about what their passion is. Hello, Liv, and welcome to the Wildflower Heart Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Katherine. Thank you for being here. You are the first person to be on season two. Ooh, premiere. <laughs> Does it make me sound fancy uh, that I have seasons instead I of just having it. a break? <laughs> I think it's great. I think it resonates with a lot of us who uh, are binge watching stuff right now on the TV. Ex- Liv has a great angle for everything. Always <laughs> positive. I am... Uh, interviewing the wonderful Liv Cazola, who is a creative and a musician and a earth advocate and all sorts of things that I'm sure she will talk about. Um, Do you want to give the listeners like a little kind of sparks notes (laughs) of who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah, I, um, I am somebody who lives in Guelph, Ontario, which is where I was also born and raised, and I have kind of come to be on a musical path in my life, and that's kind of the, I guess, through line with a lot of the things that bring me meaning. So there are things like I have a couple bands. I I play in a band called The Lifers with my sister. And I play in a band called Tragedy Anne with my partner. And I find that those things are kind of pillars and guiding forces to help give me a lot of, I guess, context for all the things that I I do. And uh, I also love teaching. I'm a, a music teacher a few days a week uh, for piano and ukulele mostly. And... I just love playing all the instruments in the world. <laughs> I was saying to my partner last night that um, I wish that I could live so many lives because it would be amazing to become an expert in every instrument that could possibly exist. Um, and so I, I'm making the most of my life on this planet now <laughs> by just learning a lot of different ones, uh, which brings me a lot of joy. Uh, and then, yeah, I've, in the last few years in particular, as I've become a lot more aware of what is at stake with our beautiful earth and, and how we're treating it, I've been trying to do a little bit more learning and sharing and giving myself to that, um, that cause that is um, probably the, the most pressing thing that I will ever encounter in my life. So, yeah, it feels it feels really good to be able to talk about all of those things with you today, <laughs> in one sense or another. <laughs> I feel like we could do a hundred podcasts just with you as a guest because you have so much knowledge uh, that to share, and that's something that I really appreciate about you is that you share openly a lot of what you've learned especially when it comes to environmental causes and being creative and how to do that sustainably as well because uh, you are able to kind of 
focus full time on creative endeavors, whether it's teaching or um, live music or um, other work as a musician. I think that's something that a lot of people strive towards and want to be able to do. And I love that you are very open and sharing with people when they ask. I think sometimes this industry and just the world in general, people will keep things close to their chest. And I love how open you are sharing your knowledge and sharing your tips and all of the things in between. I feel like the only way that we are able to really actively engage with community is if we do the sharing of the things that make us feel joy and the things that help us move through the world and also the things that we're struggling with. And I I also want to just acknowledge that off the top, like it's, I'm, I'm very happy to be here today to be able to share what I can, but it doesn't mean that I'm doing okay with all of it all the time. (laughs) And yeah, I think that's just important to to say off the top yeah we all are fragile humans and have big feelings and go through life and still have struggles and still don't know what we're doing or if we're doing enough Um, but I think the idea of community is so important and something that a lot of people have kind of uh, drifted away from I you can go down the rabbit hole as to when this started happening Um, and I've definitely listened and read lots of things on that but I feel like a lot of us are kind of in our little bubbles and have lost that sense of community what are ways that you have been able to find that or are you still searching for it Hmm. kind of both and uh, it waxes and wanes <laughs> over time. But I, I feel, okay, one, one first thing that came up in my mind was, um, so my partner and I right now are working on our new album and finding ways to make it feel meaningful to share with people. And um, one of the things we're doing is creating usable merch that's not going to be creating waste and so we're working with some local makers to make those things I'm being intentionally cryptic here (laughs) because I think this is going to be released before the album will Um, but anyway but we will have a link to your website in the show notes (laughs) so that when there is stuff available folks can go and Great. check it out. And you have past projects that are phenomenal that they can listen to in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Catherine. Anyway, so we, we have gone on a couple nature walks, which are also like quote unquote business talk with I love these that. makers, which just feels so right because we know that we all want to be spending time outside and we are excited to be able to collaborate and yes, there's those details to work out and talk and talk and shop and whatever, but it's not, that's not the point behind it in a way. Like we want to be building relationships and we want to just be spending time with people. Um, and so it's felt really good to, to kind of make it more than just what it could be with like a, a quick, a quick phone call to go over the Coles notes and, and it feels really good when people are willing to spend the extra time in that way. Um, 
so that that's like one one example that's felt really good lately um as a musician i've definitely felt quite disconnected from community lately because a lot of my friends live in various corners of this country and others and because it's been a couple of years of not really being able to travel very much, that's that's definitely taken a toll on my well-being. Um, so I'm very grateful that we're living in a, a, a time where the technology allows us to have calls like this and, and see each other's faces if we want to and if we have the <laughs> energy to look at a screen. If not, there's also the technology to just listen to each other's voices and that mm-hmm. is beautiful. So anyway, that's been a huge help. Yeah, I think that's something that unfortunately a lot of the last two years, I think the small musicians have, and small creatives in general, have uh, often been overlooked in mainstream. Um, And what, yes, it's been very difficult to not have income sources and, um, not be able to get out and meet fans and do that but it's also been really difficult because playing live and festivals and conferences and stuff is a lot of where we get to interact with each other and collaborate with each other and um, that non-tangible aspect of like community and being around folks that inspire us and fill us up has also been really tough. Yeah. Um, it's been Yeah, very it's actually difficult. making me realize that, like, okay, that is why I do this. Mm-hmm. Like, music is a conduit for connection with community. And, and I think that's really been an important revelation in a way that, like, that's the heart of it for me. Not only the creative, like, being able to actually make something that feels like it's going to be meaningful for not just myself but hopefully other people but like that again is like the facilitator of that connection so yeah man this is uh this is something eh (laughs) it's interesting things that are underlying and then you'll be talking to someone you're like oh wait these are all the feelings that I've had and now I just put them into words but that's definitely something myself over the last six months have discovered is that yeah I really do this because of community and connection and bringing people together and I think in a way for me I've always been someone who's wanted to like heal and help and like people would always say oh you'd be a great therapist except that I can't detach from things so no I wouldn't (laughs) but I never really realized that creating music and having people come up to me and connect with me and whether it's like oh I I've been through a breakup like that song made me feel like less alone or just like this was such a lovely night I had so much fun being here with my friends it brought me some so much joy and like that kind of music is healing um aspect is really why I do it and not something that I could totally put into words until recently when I was really thinking about it and thinking about why I create and what it does for my soul and obviously it's not a traditional path that like is very common so it's like why do you want to do this and that's kind of what I've figured out and what I have um, 
realized is the most important for me. And I think it's very similar in your heart as well. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. One of the, I was telling you, Catherine, before this call that I, I lost a lot of sleep last night thinking about things that are on my mind, anxieties. And, and one of them has to do with, okay, this in a sense feels like a really bizarre path to be on where we spend so much time that is unpaid labor and we spend so much of our resources, whether it's financial or otherwise, um, to, to dedicate to, to art and hopefully connection. And, and I think right now I'm just feeling like, holy moly, there's so much of that. And I, so far in the last little while, haven't been able to see the way that the connection is happening um, in my own life with my own music because it's been all the behind the scenes for the last little bit and 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 not having shows so yeah that that's that's so real when you're like oof this is this is taking a lot of um important risks yes for a hundred that's a very good way to put it um with the idea of important risks and I guess this kind of segues into the fact that you do this full-time Money and music is something that is often, I feel like, not talked about. Um, But I think this really intertwines into how you live a very thoughtful life. And um, people who don't know you, you have a large focus on secondhand and handmade. And that intertwines into your art. Uh, I know we are not sure what goodies are coming with the next record. But in the past, you've done lots of work with like local makers and printmakers and I think you've had tea before as well and a pillowcase Um, yes the (laughs) pillowcase and so you definitely have financial savvy but you also intertwine that very deeply with your values and I was wondering if you could kind of talk a little bit about that was that something you always did or were was there a pivotal moment where you realized that that was something that you wanted to focus on Hmm, that's a really good question. Well, it's, I guess I've always been aware of my frugality <laughs> since a young age. I, I've, for some reason, there's something about um, money that fascinated me when I was a kid. I didn't really understand this concept of currency and value and how those can sometimes speak to each other and sometimes not. Um, I remember distinctly being on, in the car, in the very back seat of the car, and my parents were talking about the mortgage in the front seat, and I was like napping, but somehow the conversation that they had piqued my interest, and I just popped up and I was like, okay, can you tell me about what this means? What is this thing? So anyway, I, I've... I was always really interested in in the way this works and doesn't work, uh, so much so that I, I ended up going to school for both finance and music in university, which um, I think I learned a lot about what I, what I don't want in my life in terms of mm-hmm. the way money can blind you from meaning. Um, especially when you're looking like I studied corporate finance and that 
took a lot out of my heart, I think. <laughs> um, but also I learned a lot of really important skills that I need as an entrepreneur. And so it's funny to realize like, okay, well, maybe that wasn't directly worth it, but it really helped me gain the, the um, capacity and the skill to, to just be aware of how I can use what I have for what I feel is meaningful in life and, um, and hopefully, you know, be able to sustain a humble living <laughs> while I do that. So I guess that's kind of a long winded description of how that's kind of come to come to kind of intersect. But, um, I, I, I do feel like the, the burden of conscience and the burden of knowledge is real sometimes in that I can find it paralyzing to make some decisions if I feel like I want to put my money where my wealth is, but it can be either A, really expensive, or B, a lot of extra effort and, and time. And that is really hard to kind of reconcile, especially when I want to spend a lot of my time being with people and being with music. And if a lot of my time is being spent with spreadsheets and with researching, um, you know, the, the most perfect, uh, you know, carbon neutral company to work with for X, Y, or Z, like it, it's, um, it can take a lot of my, my, um, energies. And so it's definitely something I'm, I'm still learning about how to, how to put those together without, um, depleting my personal resources. Mm -hmm. And I think that everything comes back to community, it seems, in this conversation. And this also intertwines with that in the fact that the more that we are able to share with people and the more of a collective pot of knowledge, then hopefully if you have some knowledge about something, someone else will have knowledge about something else and you can exchange that. It's like, oh, I've already done research. Like here are, here's my choice. Here's why I chose it. Or here are some options or here's what I learned. Um, I think nowadays a lot in like personal finance and even like in creatives, there's a lot. And I'm all, I'm a hundred percent all for people making a living. Um, and I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but there is a lot of focus on like selling courses and stuff and people putting their knowledge into a course that they then sell for a hundred dollars or whatever. And yes, that's a hundred percent important. Um, but I think we've lost people sharing knowledge, um, and building together and having that reciprocal sharing versus just doing it for monetary gain or feeling that mm -hmm. if I share my knowledge about something like I'm going to lose an opportunity um, and like that lack mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The idea of the commons is so uh, important and sometimes lost in this society. And th this kind of makes me think about uh, the idea of a sliding scale offering, mm -hmm. which feels really good to me because you know, if I, if I go to the dentist and I pay $200 for uh, a cleaning, 
as a, a, a little fish, let's say, uh, as opposed to someone who earns significantly more money than me but still has to pay that same $200 service to make sure that all, all is good in their mouth. It, it doesn't feel right in my mind mm-hmm. and and a lot of a lot of what I think about is like what is the most fair and what is the most right for for everybody and and I truly feel like a sliding scale offering is is so great and so like we try and do that with as many concerts as we can and um, being able to offer goods that that end up you know helping us sustain a living but offering different types of items so that different you know abilities can be met I guess yeah and I think it's so interesting because I see that so much happening with folks who are smaller scale who don't have super high incomes who are living more simple, sustainable lives who are doing that. And it's so frustrating because then you see like these major players or even just like really, really wealthy, like biz- not even change, but just like biz- like local businesses that are not offering that. And it's just like, this is why it's so important to vote with your money and to support people who you really agree with their values and yeah and also like on the on the topic of voting too like the the real change is really gonna come when when there is is leadership that um doesn't make this kind of thing a choice but Mm -hmm. makes it accessible for everybody and and mandated for everybody as well like you're saying um you know let's say like I don't know, Taylor Swift, <laughs> to give a, a big name example. Like if, if, if the way that um, she and the people that help make her career happen, um, if, if the choices were, were more limited in the sense of like, okay, um, there's only an option for organic cotton t-shirts or mm-hmm. there's not even, you know, like maybe it just has to be reused but like it, things need to be scaled up to the that level for it to be accessible for for everybody and and to make system wide change possible so uh yeah we i was uh, with music declares emergency which i'm sure we'll talk about uh later on as well but this uh this budding organization uh that is helping to uh get everyone in the industry together to make the necessary cultural changes for um, for sustainable industry to happen um, we were we were talking about how some of the biggest environmental impacts comes from the large you know Scotiabank Center concerts mm-hmm. for the fans transportation to the venue that's like a very very significant um, source of the carbon footprint for that that artist's tour and and you know there's there's got to be changes on all levels to make sure that this can can function in a sustainable way like the 
making sure that there aren't gas cars being produced in the future and that transit is accessible and financially and physically for everybody and and all of these all of these things go together to make sure that we can we can move through this place gently absolutely and thinking about those long-term impacts i think a lot of the time it's like oh well this is we're not going to see the positive change from this for x amount of years it's like okay but if we don't start now then we're never going to so 20 Mm -hmm. years is better than never yeah i mean it reminds me of when people invest money long term like if they want to have a retirement savings plan yeah, you probably won't see the interest accumulating. Great analogy. <laughs> but it it happens over time and it's kind of scary and weird, but it happens and and that same sort of cumulative effect and that ripple effect is is so strong. Um, yeah. <laughs> I really like that analogy um, because it's something that I think a lot of people um, can relate to in some sense or another. Um, obviously there is a big gap in financial literacy that needs to be addressed and that is a privilege um, for a lot of people to be able to save but most people have some sort of concept of um, that growth and that's the same thing with yeah the environment is like okay if you can do it for your money then why can't you do it for this impact yeah gonna help when... more than just you yeah one one part of that that I think everybody could could contribute towards is where they choose to store whatever money they do have. For example, um, in Canada specifically, the big five banks are incredibly huge investors in fossil fuels. Yeah. Like it's disgusting how much money that they are investing in fossil fuels. And so your money that's being stored there is contributing to that and endorsing that. And so being able to switch to a credit union is a really powerful thing to to do, even if you have a dollar in your bank account. It's still an action that really, really makes a difference. Um in in the stance that you're taking and also it um you know like the the investing thing is it is an important piece not only on the personal level but like yes these banks are investing and and they're somehow getting more money over time through thinking that fossil fuels are okay and Mm -hmm. that's not (laughs) that's not right yeah it's so just for your listeners who like may not totally understand or have like a bigger knowledge, because I know this is something I didn't really get until um, the last couple of years, but like, let's say you are investing with a bank, a lot of people will choose like a mutual fund or some kind of fund that has little pieces of a bunch of different stocks. And when you look at them, uh, you can actually see what your fund is investing in and the major companies um that it has pieces of essentially and as those companies grow that's essentially how your piece of the stock becomes worth more does that sound like a good basic (laughs) explanation Liv I think so let's keep it at that for now keep it um keep it like that for now for sure um so 
depending on what you're investing in, you like your basket of stocks might include things that like fossil fuels, most of them do. Um, and uh, even and like other problematic um, because I know like some also even in Canada, like some have pieces of like gun manufacturers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you there are certain places that you can get um, investment portfolios that are more eco-conscious or more ethical. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like generally I think under the term SRI which stands for socially responsible <laughs> investment <laughs> oh I didn't even yeah. know that uh-huh. thank you for the, <laughs> the hot tip <laughs> mm-hmm. but also like a really good distinction is that banks can invest their the money that is being stored with them in whatever way they want um, whereas if it's a credit union it's member owned and it's um, a decision that everybody makes together and and the structure is just completely different in a way that is is much gentler so like over over the years I we've transferred our money to Meridian for example which is one of the bigger ones in in Canada um, another I think good one is Alterna but if people are looking for guidance to help walk them through this process and be able to be a part of this movement that's happening right now to divest in fossil fuels and and not keep your money with banks there's a uh, group called the climate pledge collective and they have an initiative called their bank switch campaign and um, there's a lot of really uh, great resources there if you want to learn more about it we will link that below And so that it's easy for listeners to find. Um, I'll get the links from Liv, but I will also be checking it out as well. (laughs) Because there's so much to learn and there's so much information out there. And it's, it's a lot. Like financial literacy already is something that a lot of people have to teach themselves. Then to, on top of that, learn about ethical finances is a whole other thing and so I think it's great that there are places out there that have easy to digest information and Mm -hmm. um, information that is um, easy to consume for the average person. Liv has a bit of a background in finance. I do not (laughs) and uh, even for me um, I have read some of this information and I can attest that for someone who doesn't have a, a financial background, it is still pretty easy to understand and um, is kind of the idea of uh, like the, the people for the people um, concept, which just comes back again and again to community and supporting each other and um, making big change because most big change comes from policy and from people putting their money um, elsewhere because major companies are there to make money so if you want if consumers are asking for something else then that is what they're going to do it's the same a similar idea of why you see so many fast food chains now offering like vegetarian options where even five years ago they didn't have vegetarian burgers because consumers are wanting it 
And so therefore, they're doing it because it's going to, uh, they need to make money. So it's a, an unfortunate reason. We would want people to do it for the ethical choices. Uh, but of if course. we can control and, you know, that. With that, we know that like the, the larger companies um, are likely, are, are often, as you said, in it more for the money than for the community part of it. And so we also have to be be conscious of that um, because sometimes they try and, you know, label things in certain ways that are not 100% truthful and can be misleading. And, and that is, that's a huge burden as a consumer to try to tease all that apart. And, and I think it's important for us to remind ourselves that the biggest change is going to come from, as you said, policy. And so what we do as individuals, yes, it has value, but we can't, (laughs) I'm saying this mostly for myself, I can't, you know, beat myself up about, you know, getting takeout that's in a plastic container once in a while. It's okay. It's, I mean, it's not okay, but it's not only up to me to make that change happen. And we have to forgive ourselves for those, you know, we can't do everything. (laughs) It's a quote that my, my partner often says to me, Liv, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And that is such an important thing for me to remember. A hundred percent. We can only work within the options that we have. And I think a big thing about like making those changes is for every change that you are making, it might not seem direct, but the biggest thing is you are inspiring other people to make change and educating other people so that when it comes to voting and when it comes to policy, more people have more information and will hopefully vote in a way that will create change at least that's the way that kind of I see it um the more we talk about it at shows or talk about it on your social media platforms you never know who is connected with you and what information they may not have and um I definitely as a folk musician um who has a lot of friends who are creatives I definitely live in a little bit of a bubble that most of my friends are (laughs) pretty eco-conscious want change uh left-leaning whatever kind of labels you want to put on it but there are also people in my life that don't have a lot of that information and didn't grow up with that information or um just don't have that knowledge so you never know who you're going to be inspiring or educating yeah and you can also be really conscious of who you're speaking to as well like for example if you think that your audience is already pretty aware of um, a lot of the the issues at hand maybe you can speak to like people can speak to something specific uh, like a specific ask that might have not been something that crossed their mind or or maybe a new bit of research that would be insightful for them or something like that. Um, so yeah, being aware of the audience that you're you're with is is gonna be really big. I know Absolutely. I know one one huge I don't know if you found this too, Catherine, but one huge divide is that I don't think fans a lot of fans don't really know um, or I should say listeners on Spotify don't often know that um, artists are not properly compensated for yep. for that. And, and I find that 
it's such a delicate conversation to be able to have with fans because you don't want them to feel bad for listening to your music. That's incredible that they're listening to your music. But knowing that you're not getting paid properly is a very important thing for them to know so that um, they can make choices about how they do want to support the artists that they love and um, and also hopefully uh, help gain traction uh, in the in the push to have copyright reform and be able to change the policies um, and the and the government mandates so that it there there's a baseline um, responsibility that companies like Spotify have to paying paying artists. Absolutely, it's wild how much um, the Spotify uh, the heads of Spotify and CEO and. Um, I believe Spotify is also a public company, so their shareholders, um, the amount of money that they're making, um, where else the artists who, like, I paid more to use Spotify than I made on Spotify last year. Sad. Which is, like, is honestly ridiculous um, and incredibly problematic. And, yeah, educating people on that. And they just... um maybe six months ago they upped their prices too and I'm like but they did not up what they're paying artists uh, which yeah. is not okay um, mm. so Spotify is not the place to be promoting artists it is a tool and if you lis- use it as a listener platform I view it more as like a software versus supporting artists it's just a software to access their music but it isn't isn't paying them so if you have artists that you love, um, lots of them will have either virtual tip jars on their website. I think Tragedy Ian has that accessible on yours or Patreons or subscriber platforms directly on their website. I know that's what I have set up. And like also telling your friends about the awesome music that you're listening to is mm-hmm. huge um, because then instead of one person listening, it's five. <laughs> exactly. And as much as it's problematic, like helping artists get more recognized on streaming platforms or getting added to playlists um, to reach more listeners who will then turn into fans is a helpful thing so it's definitely great to share yes we can do concerts having everybody (laughs) great uh, hope that they will be coming this spring and summer knock Mm -hmm. on wood but Mm -hmm. (laughs) at least outdoor events I have deep hope for um it's what I'm holding on to (laughs) um but if you have kind of one thing that you would like our listeners to think about as they're leaving this conversation or like one actual action item uh that they could do whether it's researching something or um just like a account they should follow what I know you probably have tons but what's one thing that you invite everyone to do when they have the space to do so Oof, it is definitely hard to choose one maybe can I do like a one short term and one long term sure I will allow it <laughs> okay <laughs> well I I think as a short term thing to yeah, as a short-term ask, I would love for you to go to the Music Declares Emergency website and t- 
take a look at the declaration and sign it if it resonates with you. And then on that page, there are, um, you'll see that there's a tab for that's called actions. And when you click that, there are a whole bunch of suggestions for different, um, you know, types of participants in the music industry or community, so to speak, uh, whether it's as a fan, as an artist, as um, a manager, as or whatever. There's lots of different categories and under those categories, they show different options for things that will help you um, kind of reorganize the way you look at how you conduct business and, and seeing how you can do that uh, with a little bit more mindfulness with its environmental impact. So take a look at the, the list under the category that feels like it resonates most with you and pick one for now, just one. Um, it could definitely, like probably, I think it's under every single one. It says, um, you know, consider what bank is, is the most suitable one for you. So that is an easy, like blanket one for everybody is, um, you know, take a look at what credit union you could switch, switch to, uh, and that, that does take time, but, um, but I think it's worth it. And, uh, I would love for you to, uh, yeah, just, just do one thing. Absolutely. That's a great place to start because it is one step and that's a very tangible thing that you can do that everyone can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but and as hug a we... tree. Oh, that's another short term. <laughs> hug a tree, please. It feels amazing. <laughs> Go hug a tree. Um, and where can folks find you and your ongoings on the internet if they want to connect with you? Um, I'll give just my personal website, livecazola.com, L-I-V-C-A-Z-Z-O-L-A.com, which is a brand new spot that I kind of created with the help of my sister, who is a wonderful, um, I- I call her a web witch, which I think is a fun, <laughs> I fun love term that. for her. Uh, anyway, she helped me to put together a little website that kind of uh, shows uh, the different facets of my my musical, musically inspired life. So um, you'll be able to see everything there. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, we will have her musical projects linked below to listen to as well so that you can listen to some of Liv's stuff too. Um, as for me, you can find me on uh, com. I still say www. <laughs> and um, my socials are at Music. They will be linked below. And then the Wildflower Heart Podcast. We have an Instagram, Wildflower Heart Podcast. And then you can subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. And I am so stoked for season two and to be mm-hmm. sharing you more creatives. Honestly, we could probably have Liv back for a whole other conversation. She has so much beautiful knowledge to share. I hope you enjoyed this episode and trust your wildflower heart. Mm-hmm.